Well, this morning we are starting a new series. It's going to go all throughout the month of November, and it's called Ready or Not. Ready or Not. Uh, how many of you guys remember as a kid when you were playing hide-and-seek? Remember those days? Like, those are some good days, right? And for me, hide-and-seek, it wasn't about being the seeker. Like, I don't feel like you could win in hide-and-seek if you were the person who was it. But you won in hide-and-seek by being the last one found. I mean, that's, that's where it was. You know, so you'd go off, and you were one of the hiders, and you wanted to find, like, some sort of dark corner. You know, so you find that dark corner, you hide behind the door, you hide under the bed, you know, you, you throw some blankets over yourself so nobody can see you, and, and you just, you wait there, you're in stealth mode, you don't say anything, you know, you're just quiet. You can hear your heart beating, right? At least that was me, like I was so nervous, like they're going to find me. Felt like my heart was beating out of my chest, and, and the best spots were the ones where you could see them, but they couldn't see you, so you knew exactly where that person seeking was all the time, you know, it was great. But then you had those moments of, all right, they go, they start counting, and so you're running, you're going to go to hide, and you, you get into that corner and you think, all right, this is, this is the perfect spot. You get down there and you realize, oh, wait, this is a bad spot. Like, I'm not as thin as I used to be or something like that, you know, and you can't hide behind the bush anymore. So, so then you go and you, you go to backup spot number two, and, and you go there and you realize, okay, I can't hide there because somebody's already there. And now, it's, now you're scrambling because you hear them counting 17, 18, 19. It's like, I don't know what to do. 20, ready or not, here I come. Man, now that's some anxiety as a child, right? It's like, I have no hiding spot and they're coming for me. I need to, and then you're the first one found and it's just terrible. Those ready or not moments. We still have those today. We still have those in life today. We may not be playing hide and seek, but we have those ready or not moments. You ever, you ever been in one of those recently? You know, like, ready or not, you're leading the presentation tomorrow. Good luck, right? Ready or not, you're going to be a parent for the first time. Good luck. There's no instruction manual. Uh, ready or not, you need to find a job. Ready or not, you're now battling cancer. Right? All of these things in our lives, we, we get faced with these ready or not moments, and usually it's not because we did anything stupid, it's just a storm that happened in our lives, and we weren't ready for it. We weren't expecting it, there was nothing we could do to prepare for it, and ready or not, here you go, there's no instruction manual, we didn't get any training, you weren't warned that it was coming. This is a pop quiz, a life pop quiz. Nobody likes pop quizzes in school. And I don't think anybody likes pop quizzes in life. We like to be prepared. We like to be ready. But the problem is we face a lot of ready or not moments. And I believe right now as a church, we're, we're going through one of those ready or not moments. We're going through one of those ready or not moments. I mean, just let's look back for a moment. In, in June this year, we, we said goodbye to our Connections pastor, Pastor Brad. And uh, man, he had been here for 21 years, and, and it was God's will. He transitioned him down, and, 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 uh, and then in September, we said goodbye to our kids' pastor, Pastor Ryan, who had been here for uh, seven, seven and a half years, just following God's call on his life, and, you know, it was good, and we, we said goodbye, and, and then just a week after that, unexpectedly, we, we, we lost our lead pastor, Pastor Gary, and man, that, that was a lot, like, 
this church was known for consistency. I mean, we'd had the same staff forever. Pastor Gary had been here 25 years, Pastor Brad 21 years, uh, Pastor Ryan uh, seven and a half. I've been here for 10. It was just like people in the district looked at us like, what are you guys doing? Like, how do you keep pastors on staff that long? Like, that's not normal. You know, and, and we felt like, man, we've got something really good going here. And then all at once, it was like God dumped this all on us. And it's just like, ready or not, here we are. And so maybe, maybe you're feeling that. Ready or not, it's your turn. And it's just like, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've felt that way, like, all right, God, here I am. Um, whatever you need, I'm open, I'm available. And, and I felt this way before. I, re- I remember in playing basketball in high school, I was, I had a good role. I had a good role carved out in basketball. I was the third guy on the bench, all right? It was a great spot. It was good. I wasn't the last guy on the bench. But I also wasn't like a starter, so I didn't have to, you know, work as hard as everybody else. So it was kind of nice. This third guy on the bench, I had my role. I'd come in for about two minutes every quarter. I'd run as fast as I could. I'd play defense, and I'd just jack up threes. It was great. Loved it. And then I'd get tired. I'd pull on my jersey, and the coach would take me out. It was great. It was a good deal. And uh, so I liked that role that I was in. And then one day we get on the bus, we had a trip about 45 minutes away, we're, we're going, and, and uh, coach comes in, and he's like, all right, guys, just want to let you know, uh, Corey's sick today, Jim uh, got suspended, and Scott's out with a bum ankle tonight. And so I'm sitting there on the bus, and I'm thinking, all right, all right, Corey's gone, Jim's gone, all right, Scott's out, three, three, oh, no. I'm starting tonight, right? And, and so this is like, I'm doing the math the whole way on the bus. Like, no, maybe I didn't count right. Let me count again. And so we get into the locker room. We get suited up, and the coach looks at me. He's like, all right, Snyder, you're starting. I'm like, I'm not ready for this, you know? And, and I get out to the court, and I realize I haven't been on the court for a tip-off in a long, I don't even know where to stand. Which direction are we going? You know, I usually come in much later in the game and figure this all out, and I start sprinting as hard as I can, and I'm out of breath, and I'm tugging on my jersey, but there's nobody to come back into the game for me, and I don't know what to do, and, and, uh, but it was good. After that first two minutes of just, like, hyperventilating, I started calming down, and I got in and realized, okay, I can do this. I played the whole first quarter, and, and it was a good thing, but it was just like, all right, ready or not, you're up. You're up. And in the past couple of months, you might have felt this way. I've just like, well, hey, you know, there's Pastor Gary's gone, Pastor Brad's gone, Pastor Ryan's gone. I guess we're up. You know, I, I, ready or not, I guess I'm leading kids ministry today. Uh, ready or not, I guess I'm leading worship today. Ready or not, I guess I'm running the computer today. Maybe you found yourself in one of those roles in the church of just like, all right, I'm the person. You know, I'm, I'm the guy. I guess it's up to me. Ready or not, you're up. And a lot of those times we can, we start making excuses. We're good at that. I mean, we see that in the Bible too. A lot of people are just like, God's like, hey, Moses, guess what? You're going to lead all the people out of Israel. Like, wait a minute. I'm not a good speaker. I don't have these skills. Nobody likes me. You know, all these things. And, he's, he's, and we do that too. We make these excuses. All right, you're up. Wait, hold on. I don't have the proper training. You know, I, I don't know what I'm doing up there. I don't know where to stand. I don't know what to say. I've never done this before. And we, we like to, to just make those like, I'm not prepared. I'm, I'm not good enough. And the thing is, I think we can get so comfortable 
in our roles, in our routines. We can get so comfortable in, in our pews that we would never be willing to move unless God made us uncomfortable. That's, that's hard to, to think about. Like, God could speak to us and tell us, hey, I need you to do this. But oftentimes it's just like, no, I'm comfortable here. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. So sometimes God's got to make us uncomfortable. He's got to make us like, no, you're, you're the only option left. You're the, you're the only one up. You're starting tonight, right? And he makes you uncomfortable, but it's for our own good. And with all the transition that we're going through as a church, here's what I believe God is speaking. I believe God is speaking this to our church. God is calling our church to greater leadership and a greater capacity. God's calling our church to greater leadership and a greater capacity. See, before you might have said, like, you, you might see a need. Oh, there's somebody in the hospital. There, there's somebody that's, you know, I haven't seen at church in a while, or there's a need that needs to be met. And maybe you've said to yourself, like, oh, that's fine. You know, a pastor's going to go visit him in the hospital. Or a pastor will call him up. Or, you know, a pastor's going to meet that need. It's going to be fine. Well, guess what? We're up. We're up. It's up to us to, to meet those needs. It's up to us to do those things. I mean, anybody could do it, and we figure somebody will do it, but that, that somebody maybe, you know, that's not me. I'm not trained enough. I'm not good enough, but I've got some good news for you guys today, all right? On God's team, he has no bench players. He's got all starters, right? He doesn't sub you in and sub you out. God's got all starters on your team, so if you're on God's team, you can't be sitting on the sidelines, you can't be sitting on the sidelines. You can't be comfortable on the bench because there is no bench. If God lays someone on your heart, don't delay. Don't just think somebody else is going to do it. No, you are somebody. You are somebody. God's put that on your heart for a reason so you can meet that need, right? So you can meet that need. So you can go visit that person. So you can go check in and be like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Where are you? We miss you. God's put that on your heart for a reason. Often Pastor Gary would remind us, this is not Gary's church. This is not Pastor Gary's church. This is God's church, right? This is God's church. And his church is in, is in good hands. And, and in God's church, there's a role for everybody. There's nobody on the sidelines. So I need you to understand this this morning, right? If you're here, if you're watching online, this is your church. This is your church. And I challenge you, take ownership of your church. Don't just come to attend. This is your church. This is your church. And you know what else? This is your city. This is your city. And God has put you here for a reason. And it's not just to observe. It's not to just say, wow, there's some things going on. It's to say, no, I get to be the person that helps make that change. I get to be a solution to the problem. This is your church. This is your city. This is your world. This is your world. And we get to reach it. We don't have to wait for somebody else to do it. We get to do it. You get to do it. Don't wait for somebody else to step up. God's called you to reach your church, to reach your city, to reach your world. I believe God's calling us out of our comfort zone. He's calling us out of our comfort zone. And, and that's scary, but it's exciting. right? It's scary because we don't know. Like, are we going to fail? Are we going to mess up? What's going to happen? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's scary, but it's also exciting because what could happen? What could happen if all of us collectively as a church decided, all right, we're going to step up 
We're, we're going we're gonna to meet those needs. We're, we're going to follow what God has called us to do. What could happen if we all stepped up together? Imagine the possibilities. Not just a person over here or a family over here, but the whole church. The whole church together. And I believe that this could be a time of growth for AFA like never before. I mean, God is, is going to grow us up in, in our leadership. He, he's going to grow us up uh, as a church in our faith. And, and when we do that, man, God's got great things to do because we've got a big city to reach, right? We, we've got a huge amount of people to reach who need to know Jesus. And, and we can get them in here, but somebody's got to disciple them. And that's the whole church. That's not, that's not the job on one person. That's the whole church. We, we need people who are ready to disciple believers. We need people who are ready to, to bring someone alongside and, and, and just be with them and show them this is, this is how I follow Jesus. Hey, let's do this, this Bible study together. Let's go through God's word together. It takes a whole church. It takes a whole church. And I know this, when we take this step of faith, when we step out and say, all right, God, whatever it is that you're calling me to do, whatever comfort zone you're pushing me out of, whatever, whatever leadership role you have for me, you'll find that when you step out into that, you'll find that, that he's been equipping you all along. He's been making you ready. You may not feel ready, but God's been equipping you. You may be gasping for air the first few minutes, but if you stay the course, God is going to show you some amazing things. And you're going to learn more about yourself and more about God than you ever knew before. So what do you do when you find yourself in a situation like this? What do you do when God calls you to something that just seems beyond your capacity, that seems beyond your ability, and you're in one of those ready or not moments, and it's just like, I'm not ready. What do we do? So I want you to turn your Bibles this morning to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, and and we're going to be keying in on this verse every week that we, we see because there's a promise in here that we really need to hold on to. We need to lean on because it's so important uh, in our lives. And if we don't get this, then, then we're going to miss out on what God has for us. So James chapter 1, and uh, we're going to be starting with verse 2 this morning. It says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, right, this, this is the promise, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. It will be given to you. So it starts out by, by talking about trials. It starts out by talking about the, the storms that we face in life. And it says, consider trials pure joy. Like, wait a minute, God. You want me to consider the bad things good? Like, you, you want me to do that? Like, that's, that's backwards thinking. But it says, consider the trials pure joy because you know that those trials are going to lead to a greater perseverance in your life. Or in other words, you're going to grow through those trials. If you never face adversity, if you never face the storms in life, you're never going to grow. You're never going to get stronger. You're never going to uh, increase your capacity. But it's the storms in life that are growing opportunities for us. I mean, it's incredible. When we face these storms, we need to change our perspective, change our attitude and realize, wait a minute, God, you're, you're setting me up for something greater. You're setting me up for something greater. This isn't, this isn't a bad thing. This is... This is a good thing. 
This is a good thing. So through these trials, God is setting us up for something greater. So we should consider it pure joy. He's going to take you to the next level. He's going to make you stronger. He's going to make you wiser. This trial is going to grow you. And here's the point that I really want you to see in verse 5. Is that when you're, you're going through these trials, when you're, you're thrown into the deep end of the pool and you're going through that storm in life and you just can't figure out like which, which direction is up. You know, which, which way is left? Which way is right? God, which way am I supposed to go? God, you know, I, I need wisdom on how to navigate through this storm. It says that if we ask God for wisdom, he's a good God and he'll give it to us. If we ask God for wisdom, if we lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. So to get through the trials in this life, we need knowledge and we need wisdom. We need knowledge and we need wisdom. Knowledge is information. It's data. But wisdom is knowing how to use that knowledge. There's lots of very knowledgeable people in this world. But there aren't a whole lot of wise ones. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, we've got so much information at our fingertips. We've got our phones connected to the internet. You can find anything you want. You can, you can ask Siri or Alexa or Google and they will probably give you an answer. But there's no wisdom in that. Wisdom is knowing how to use that information, how to apply that information to our lives. Uh, for example, knowledge is knowing that the speed limit is 65 miles per hour on the road you're driving. Wisdom is driving 65 miles per hour and not 90, right? Knowledge versus wisdom. Knowledge is knowing that sugar is bad for you. Wisdom is not rating your kid's candy bag tonight right? Knowledge versus wisdom. Knowledge is knowing that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Wisdom is making him your Lord and Savior, right? There's a difference between knowing and being wise, but we need both of them. We need knowledge and wisdom because if you don't have knowledge, then you don't know what to do with the knowledge you don't know. So we need knowledge and wisdom to help us grow through the difficult times. And uh, in the book of 1 Kings, you don't need to turn there, but a guy named Solomon found himself in a very similar position to perhaps what we're going through right now. He was being called to lead in, in a spot that he had no right leading. He had no training. He didn't have the skills. He didn't have the schooling. But Solomon was the son of King David. And I mean, that, that was, those were some big shoes to fill. King David, he was, to that point, the greatest king Israel had ever known human king that Israel had ever known. Uh, he was a war here. He had defeated Goliath. He was an accomplished musician. I mean, all these things, he grew the kingdom. All, I mean, he had his, his faults and his failures too, but for the most part, King David was a man after God's own heart. It was a beautiful thing. And now all of a sudden, he's calling Solomon. I mean, Solomon, he wasn't, he wasn't the most qualified. He wasn't the oldest son. He was one of the youngest sons. And there's many sons who, who tried to say, I'm going to be the next king. But David chose Solomon to lead. He wasn't qualified to lead, but he was being called to lead based on who his dad was. And the same things with us today. You may feel like you have no skills or qualifications, but you're being asked to lead because of who your dad is, because of who your heavenly father is. And that's why you are qualified to lead. You may not have the skills, you may not have the training, but you're serving 
your heavenly father, and he's putting you in these places of leadership, right? So Solomon, he's being thrown into the deep end of the pool. Solomon's maybe, experts say, about 20 years old at this point. Can you imagine leading an entire nation at 20 years old? I mean, some of you didn't even know how to make your bed until you were 20. Now you've got to lead an entire nation at 20 years old. I mean, that's, that's got to be crazy to think about, just all the big picture things that a king would have to think about. But that's what Solomon's being, being thrown into. He's got to lead an entire kingdom. It says that God came to Solomon. Again, you can read all this in, in 1 Kings. I encourage you to do this great story. But God came to Solomon when he's first starting out as king, and he says, hey, I'll give you whatever you ask for. What do you need, Solomon? What do you need to lead the kingdom? And Solomon, I mean, that'd be pretty cool. How many would love if God came to you and just said, all right, I'm going to give you whatever you ask for. One-time wish, it's going to be granted, right? That'd be, that'd be awesome. And uh, so Solomon got this deal from God. And he could have asked for riches. He could have asked for fame. He could have asked for honor. He could have asked for uh, love. He could have asked for victory and strength to defeat his enemies, but instead, he asked God for wisdom. He asked for wisdom. Here's this 20-year-old kid given the keys to the kingdom, and now he's got to lead it. And so he realizes, I don't have the skills. I don't have the training. God, I need wisdom. Remember that verse in James? It, it said, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, and God will give it to you. Right? And, and so he asked for wisdom, and, and when he asked for wisdom... It says that that God said, I'm going to give you more wisdom than anybody on earth has ever had or ever will have. And he made him the wisest man. But he said, I'm not going to stop there because you didn't ask for things that were selfish. You asked for a gift that's going to bless your entire kingdom. I'm also going to pour on you all the other stuff. I'm going to give you riches. I'm going to give you honor. Uh, I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to give you peace in your kingdom. And uh, it it was amazing. And and Solomon became a king like none other. And and I know this, God's calling us out of our comfort zone. God's calling us to a place of leadership that that we've never been before, and we may not have the skills or the abilities, but the question is, will we ask for wisdom? Ready or not, it's your turn, but what will you do? Will you ask for wisdom? Because when we ask God for wisdom, he will equip us to lead as we step out in faith. And God is calling us today. See, Solomon, was, he was this incredible king. Uh, other rulers would come from, from miles and miles to hear his wisdom. It, it said that silver in his kingdom was as plenty as the stones in his kingdom. I mean, he was rich, all right? The kingdom was rich. God blessed him. And, and through the course of all of this, he had his hands on three different books in the Bible. And one of them that he wrote was, was Proverbs. He co-authored the book uh, of Proverbs. And uh, as we are seeking wisdom, this is an incredible book to help us to find knowledge and wisdom to lead where we don't feel prepared, right? So we're going to be looking in the book of Proverbs this whole month of, uh, of what God wants to speak, because Solomon wrote down a lot of wisdom. A, a lot of these things that God gave to him, he now passes on to us so we can read, so we can understand, so we can be better leaders, we can be better parents, we can be better children, we can be, be better all around because God gives us this wisdom through this book of Proverbs. And so this month, we're going to do something new. And uh, 
we're going to go through the book of Proverbs together as a church. All right? I think this will be fun. And, and so to do that, I've got a devotional for everybody here today. And if you're, you're joining online, we'll send the link for the digital one. If you want to join digitally, it, it's in this book. There's a QR code uh, that you can stand or you can scan. But, but the big thing we're going to be doing, tomorrow's November 1st. And, and so we're going to go through one chapter of Proverbs every day this month. Uh, so November 1st, we're going to read Proverbs chapter 1 uh, as a church, and I think it's going to be great. We've got 30 days in November. We've got 31 chapters, so you guys can, you can double up on the last day. Uh, but we get to do this together, and, and I think it's going to be a great time, a great time of growing because we all need wisdom. It doesn't matter if you've read the book 100 times or you've never read it before. God's going to reveal something new to you uh, this month. I truly believe that. So as you leave this morning, we've got more to go here, so don't get up and leave yet, all right? We, we've got more. Uh, but before you leave this morning, grab one of these. The ushers will be back here uh, handing them out. And it's just one chapter uh, each day, and it goes through, and it gives you just a little short devo. It gives you some reflection questions, and it gives you a challenge for the day, something a little deeper that you can go a little further. And, and I think it's just going to be so much fun. So I encourage you, uh, you can do it on your own fill out the questions, write it down. It's not going to take very long, maybe 10 minutes in a day. Uh, but it's even better if you do it with somebody. Find a friend, do it with your friend, uh, do it with your family, and then discuss those questions and do it around the dinner table or something like that. And, and I think it's just going to be such a good growing process for our church. Uh, you can also do it on the Bible app. Again, the link's in here, it's online. And uh, you can invite friends to do it with you online and even post and discuss on there. We're also going to be doing something cool uh, on our Facebook page. We're going to be posting a verse every day from the chapter of the day, uh, asking a little question. So I encourage you to comment back on that, get involved, and it'll be cool as we grow together, as we learn together. So we'll have these available before you, before you leave today. But I, I believe this, that God is going to raise the leadership level of our church as we seek him for wisdom. I mean, it's just like everybody's going to, you know, the whole, uh, the whole water level is just going to rise. God, the leadership level is going to rise. So this morning, let me quickly introduce you uh, with the time we've got remaining to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs. So would you open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. So again, this was written by Solomon. Uh, he, he recorded a lot of his wisdom. There's a few other uh, people who contributed and, and shared their wisdom. And the first few chapters uh, kind of give practical things. And then at the end, it just kind of gives little one verse, two verse Proverbs that we can add to our lives. So in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1, it says this. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. And then he states the purpose of the book. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. So these proverbs, Solomon is saying, they're for everyone. They're for everyone. If you think you're wise, you can get wiser. If you think you're a fool, you've got a lot to improve on, and you can get moving here, and this is going to give you wisdom. Everyone can have it. If you're old, if you're young, these are for you. So all of us qualify this morning. We can all grow from Proverbs. And it says these are different things you're going to learn in here. You're going to learn wisdom. 
These Proverbs are going to give you, these words are going to give you wisdom. That, again, that's what we're seeking. It says these words are going to give you instruction. So it's going to be, this book of Proverbs is going to be like a teacher or a coach. Uh, no matter how old you get in life, it's always helpful to have a coach to, to help you, to train you, to instruct you. Uh, they're going to give you insight to help you see things beyond surface level, to help you go at a, at a deeper level. They're going to give you instruction in wise dealing and how to interact with people, how to, how to treat people right. It's going to give you righteousness, how to live the right way. It's gonna, these words are going to help you be just and fair and with no bias. Like, that's difficult. I think it's really easy to kind of like judge someone who, who is in that position of trying to, you know, like a judge or a referee, right? You guys ever been mad at a referee before in a sporting event? And it's just like, what are they thinking? Can't they see? You guys have never insulted a referee before, right? They're people too, okay? You got to be nice. Some of you are referees and you're thinking like, yeah, that's difficult. But, but then you, you put yourself in that position and now it's like, all right, now I got to make the call and I can't be biased and, and I can't make the call because I like this team better and, and I got to be completely fair, but I don't necessarily know all the facts. Like, this is what this book is going to help you do, how to be just, how to be fair, says it will give us instruction on when to be cautious, when to slow down, when, when to know just warning, something's not right here. You ever got that feeling before? Just something, something's not right here. That, it's going to help us when to be cautious. It's going to give us knowledge, right? We, we need the info before we can have the, the wisdom. So it's going to give us knowledge. And it says it's going to help us to know when to speak up, when to listen, when to go forward, and, and when to hold. You ever had your mouth move faster than your brain? I think we're all guilty of that, right? And it's saying this book is going to help us put those in the right order. It's exciting to know that these are available, right? So if you felt just like, man, what did I do? Why do I keep messing up? Why, why can't I, I, I interact with this person the right way? It's exciting to know these things are available to us. As we dig into God's word, as we dig into this book of Proverbs, this is what's ahead for us. We can grow in these areas. And Solomon's saying, read this, I'm going to teach you. All these things that God has poured into my life, I'm going to pass them down to you. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. So again, it, that's the beauty of Proverbs. Whether you've, you've read it a hundred times or you've never read it at all, God is going to speak something new to you. God is going to give you wisdom. As we ask for wisdom, he's a good God, and he is going to give it to us. In verse 20, verse 20 says this. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks, How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? So it says not only is wisdom available to you, but it says wisdom's actually been crying out to you for a long time. Wisdom's been screaming from the streets, Hey, don't forget about me. You need more of me. So wisdom's been crying out for a long time. It's saying, aren't you tired of being simple? Aren't you tired of messing up constantly? Aren't you tired of living foolishly? I've got a better way. I've got a better way. And so wisdom's crying out. And when I read that passage, I'm thinking, all right, if wisdom's been crying out, then why haven't I heard it? 
You know, why, why don't I, I see, what is this wisdom that you're talking, where is it crying out? Who, who is wisdom? How do I know what's crying out? And so uh, Solomon kind of lists a few different places that wisdom cries out for us in, in chapter one. And wisdom is crying out. But we may not recognize it as wisdom, right? We, we, we may recognize it as something else. So you'll see here as we get into it. So in verse, in verse seven, in verse seven, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And actually in chapter nine, it also says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So the first place that wisdom comes from, wisdom comes from the fear of the Lord. That's the first place it's crying out, the fear of the Lord. See, the fear of the Lord, it, it doesn't mean to be scared of God. It doesn't mean to be scared of God, but what it means is that we need to have the proper reverence that the creation owes its creator. It's the proper reverence that the saved ones owe their Savior. So it's more of a, a respect. It's more understanding the greatness of who God is. It's being in awe of his majesty, his power, and his authority in our lives. And so we have this fear of, of disobeying or, or just disregarding God's words. That's what the fear of the Lord, right? Anybody growing up have like a fear of their mother? Like, I'm going to take my shoes off when I come in the house because I fear my mom, what she would do. Or I'm going to put the coaster under my drink on the table because it's a new one and I have a fear of what my parents might, might do to me, right? And so we have these, it's, it's not that you're, you're scared of them, but you have respect for them. You, you don't want to disregard what you've been taught. And it's the same way with the fear of the Lord. We have this respect, we have this reverence towards God of, God, I'm not scared of you. I'm not, I'm not afraid of you, but I'm afraid of disobeying you. I'm afraid of just disregarding because I know that's when things go bad. I know that that's when it's going to hurt me. God, I know that, that you are all powerful and I respect that power. So we need to have the proper reverence and, and awe of God. And it's through this, this fear, it's through this reverence that we can interpret wisdom. The fear of the Lord is kind of like a flashlight in a dark room. If you, if you don't have the flashlight, you can't see what's going around. And in the same way, when we have the fear of the Lord in our lives, it illuminates everything and it, and it helps us to see wisdom for what it is. Because when we understand who we are in comparison to how great God is, it's going to help us to make wise choices. You want to trust in God rather than yourself because you know he knows better than you, right? You, you'll want to follow God's commandments, Think of all the bad choices you've ever made. Here's some bad news for you. You were part of every bad decision you've ever made, right? You're responsible for it. Can't blame it on somebody else. You, you made the bad decision. You're, you're part of it. So think about every bad decision that you've ever made. What would have happened? Would you have made that same choice had you run it by the Ten Commandments first, right? And you're going through, all right, don't lie, don't steal, don't kill, don't, all right, you know, and you're going through all those. That would have stopped a lot of bad choices in your life. Think about if you would have run it through the Great Commission first, and you thought, okay, does this help me share Jesus with people? Or does it do the opposite? Right? When we respect God, when we honor Him, when we stand in awe of Him, it's going to help us clear up some of those bad choices. I mean, just right off the bat, it's going to help us make wiser choices. 
But how is the fear of the Lord crying out? It says wisdom cries out, right? Where, where do I hear fear of the Lord? Well, here's the thing. Here's how it's crying out. The majesty of our creator is crying out in every part of his creation. I mean, everything we see, you see that beautiful sunrise in the morning or sunset in the evening. You, you see the beauty of a flower, and, and that's, that's pointing to a creator. I mean, even you see the creativity that God put into humankind, and you see the, the works of art or the buildings that we create and all these different things, and, and, and you just see the glory of God, the creativity of God. It, cre- it points to a creator. We see the stars in the sky. The sun comes up every morning, and just the majesty of it all, the, the bigness of it all, and we realize we've got an amazing God. We've got an amazing God. The creation is crying out, fear the Lord. Creation is crying out, fear the Lord. And if we want wisdom, it starts with a reverence for God. It's a starting point. Fear of the Lord is, is a starting point. It's a foundation for wisdom. If we don't get that one right, we're going to mess everything else up, all right? So first thing we need to do is fear the Lord, respect him, be in awe of him so we can advance in wisdom. Second place, it says that it's crying out in verse 8. It says, hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. So the second place that wisdom comes from, wisdom comes from our elders. Wisdom comes from our parents. Remember when you were a teenager and you knew everything? Man, what happened? And you get to be adulthood and it's like, I don't know anything. You know, as a teenager, your parents are telling you stuff and you're just like, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I already know that, right? And we don't want to listen to them. We don't want to listen to them because we think we know better. We, we think we've got all the answers. But here's the thing. Wisdom can come in the form of our parents giving a giving us advice. Wisdom can come in the form of uh, people who are older than us giving us advice. Wisdom's crying out, but so often we're just like, yeah, no, you're crazy. I'm not going to listen to you. I know better. And so we ignore that wisdom because it's not coming in the form that we'd like it to come in. Right? You ever been there before? It just doesn't come in the form we like to, but, but God is using that as wisdom because our elders, they've got more experience than we do. That's why they're called our elders. They're older than us. They've lived more lives, uh, more life. They've, they, they've shown us, or they've, they've been through a lot of the stuff we're going through. And so when they give us that advice, they're giving us that advice because it's like, hey, I personally messed up what you're going through right now, and I don't want to see you mess up the same thing. So let me give you some advice. Because they'd rather see you learn the easy way than the hard way, like maybe they did. So that's what uh, wisdom comes from our elders. So it's important to listen to our parents. It's important to listen to our elders. They may not always be right. All right? A little. They may not always be right, but you can find wisdom in their advice. It, it even says that there's a reward when we do listen. It says that, that God will give us uh, this wisdom will be a garland for our head and a pendant for our neck. So there's even a reward uh, for listening to our elders' advice. The third place, so... Fear the Lord from our elders. And in Proverbs 1, verse 23, it says this. If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. So the last place, the third place, wisdom comes from correction. Wisdom comes from correction. It says, if you turn at my reproof, 
or if you repent at my correction, if, you, if I tell you you're doing something wrong and then you change, that is wisdom. That is wisdom. We don't like correction. Like who, who likes to be to go in and get those performance reviews and they say, no, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, you need to change this. Like that's, that's brutal. That hurts. But there's wisdom when we listen to the correction that's being told us. And we don't like to admit that we're wrong. We like to cover those things up. So we skew the story. We fudge the numbers. We point at somebody else like, no, that wasn't me. That was, that was this guy. You know, we've got a fall guy. And we try to avoid those painful experiences in our lives. But the Bible says that wisdom comes from receiving correction. So we shouldn't, just like the trials in our lives, we should consider them pure joy. When you get corrected by someone, consider it a good thing. Consider it pure joy. Uh, look for those moments when you can receive correction because if you're wise, you will listen. But the fool despises correction. They, they run the other way. But we want to be wise. We want to grow. And so when somebody tells you, hey, you're doing this wrong, rather than get defensive, rather than telling them, no, you're wrong, rather than telling them, no, it was this guy, accept it. Learn from it. Grow from it. Be willing to change. Stop pretending that you're perfect. <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's such a temptation in our lives to just pretend like we've got it all together, to pretend like we're perfect, to pretend like, no, everything's good here. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing wonderful. No. Like, be real. Be, be honest. Accept correction. We're not God. God's the only perfect one. So if you're not doing perfect, that makes you normal right? Makes you normal. We don't have to be perfect. And, and here, let me give you some permission this morning. You have permission to fail. You have permission to fail. God might call you to, to do something new in leadership and, and step you up in, in an area you've never done before, but you've got permission to fail. It's okay if you mess up. What you don't have permission to do is just like keep failing and never learn from your mistakes. But it's in those times that we fail that, that we grow, that we learn, uh, that, that we go to the next level. So we need to listen to correction. So those are the three things. Those are the places where wisdom is crying out from before. You may have never noticed before, but, but God is crying out. Wisdom is crying out. It's just in a different form that we typically would think of. It's crying out through the creation. It's crying out through the fear of the Lord. It's crying out through our elders, through, through advice that people want to give us. It's crying out through correction. Again, these are difficult things, but that's where wisdom comes from. And we all need wisdom. We all need wisdom. We, we need wisdom to, to manage our money. We need wisdom to deal with conflict, right? We we get lots of conflict in our lives. We, we need wisdom to deal with it. We need wisdom in how to invest our time. We need wisdom in how to lead others. We need wisdom in how to live a life for Jesus. We all need wisdom. We all don't have enough of it. There's a new level. So I'm excited. I'm excited to go on this journey together. I, ah, man, God's going to do some great things. I believe God's speaking to some, some truths into your life. And, and there's going to be, you're going to learn some things this month as you go through the book of Proverbs. That when you get to the end of your life, you won't remember that it was this month, but you're going to remember that proverb that God spoke to you. You're going to remember that truth that God spoke to you, and you're going to be sitting there passing it on to your kids and to your grandkids of just saying, this was something that I learned in my life, and you need to know it as well. And I believe God's going to speak some of those timeless truths into your life, lives that last a lifetime. 
And when you step into God's calling, when you step into those things that God is calling to you today or in the months ahead, uh, months ahead, because again, there's a lot of things. I believe, church, we're going to grow. We're, we're going to grow, but it doesn't happen unless you're willing to step up, unless you're willing to lead, unless you're willing to have one of those ready or not moments and, and to be thrown into it. And, and again, you, you, you may be hyperventilating a little bit. You may not know what's going on. But you'll find out that as you step into that, as you step out in faith, God's been equipping you all along. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask God and he will give it to you because he's a good God. And I believe as you step into those things, you're going to experience, man, life is going to be so much better because you're going to experience God's peace like never before. You're going to experience his joy before because there's nothing like being on the starting lineup for God's team right? There is nothing like it because you're, you're on the front lines and you get to see lives changed. You get to see people give their lives to Jesus. You get to see people who are struggling uh, with, with addictions or broken relationships and you get to see people restored. That's what church is all about. That, that's the mission God has called us to, to love God, love people and share Christ and we get to go out there and do it. We don't have to sit on the pews and, and, and just watch it. We don't get to sit on the bench and just watch it. We get to be on the front lines and we get to take a part in it, right? And that's what this is all about. We need to grow in our leadership. We need to grow in our wisdom so that we, we can be as ready for those ready or not moments as possible. So step one, fear the Lord. Step one was fear the Lord, and, and step part one of step one, so 1A, if you've never put your trust in Jesus this morning, that's where it starts. If you've never feared the Lord this morning, so I, I want to give an opportunity uh, to those of you, maybe you're sitting here and you're just like, man, I, I've never put my trust in God before. You can, you can start that this morning by saying, God, I want to make you my Savior. I want to make you my Lord. I need to make you the Lord of my life. And we're going to pray here in a moment. And that's just something, you don't have to say any magic words. You don't have to do anything like that. But it's just simply saying, God, I need you. I need a Savior in my life. I need you to, to fix the broken parts of me. I need to surrender everything, like that song we were singing earlier. Giving everything to God. And you can do that. You can do that. So I, I encourage you to do that as, as we pray this morning in just a moment. But, man, God's got big things for this church. We're going through a trial right now. We're going through a storm. But that just means God is setting us up to grow. God is setting us up to grow. He's setting us up to, to teach us some things. It may be painful, but it's growing pains. It's growing pains. And God's going to take us to a new level uh, that we've never seen before. So I'm excited, and I'm glad we get to be part of it. That's going to be special. Would you stand with me? We're going to pray. And... Uh, and as you leave this morning, again, we'll, we'll have these, these devotionals in the back. And I encourage you, jump on in. Uh, read those tomorrow. Jump in on the, the Facebook uh, post. Uh, do it together. If you want to do it through the Bible app, you can do that as well. And, uh, but, but grab one of these before you leave this morning. Let, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your church. God, this is your church. This is your church. And we're so glad that we get to be a part of it. Thank you that you don't have a bench on your team. God, we're all in the starting lineup. God, you, you want to see great things for your kingdom. You've got good plans. And, and this morning, as we're jumping into one of those ready or not moments, you want to give us wisdom. God, you want to equip us. So God, we ask for wisdom this morning. God, would you guide us? Would you teach us? Would you help us to grow? We need more of you 
today than we had yesterday. And God, we believe that you are going to give wisdom to your church. You're going to give wisdom to your people. So God, guide us as we go through this book of Proverbs. God, would you open up? Would, would words just jump off the page at us? God, and, and may it just be storm, stored into long-term storage in our minds and in our hearts. God, that as we go, as we talk with people, as we lead teams, God, as we share Jesus with, with our neighbors and with our family, God, may you help us to recall those Proverbs. May you help us to recall these wise things. God, may we not turn uh, from, from wisdom that's calling out to you in, uh, in, in the creation, God, in, in, in advice people are giving us in correction. May we embrace that wisdom. So God, we need you this morning. Pray that you would be with us. God, would you bless your church. God, as we go, this church isn't contained in these walls, but God, it's going to flow out into this city. It's going to flow out into this world. That your church is alive. Your church is alive. So God, may we live for you no matter where we go today. Bless us. Increase the level of leadership in our church. Increase our wisdom that we may be ready for the trials and the storms that are to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, church. Be blessed. Grab one of these devos uh, as you go this morning.